Hockey Picks and Bets here on the Mayo Media Network, presented by PrizePix. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell. We're here to talk about the game of the season. That's right. Vegas hosting Colorado game six on Thursday night. So uh, DJ, I mean, how you doing? We're closing in on the end of round two now with uh, the Islanders punching their ticket to the, to the final four. Yeah, the uh, New York Saints did get the W. Um, I'm still, where did that come from? Am I, am I losing my mind? It came from like Cassidy. Like- Cassidy, but like, what did he say again? I, he, I know they, they're making fun of Cassidy, but what was he it? He claimed that the guys over there, like they, they think they're all saints or whatever. Oh, and like that was because they okay. didn't get called for penalties. Yeah, it was ready to, you know, that whole thing. Um, and then Trotz okay. was like, hey, they never got called for anything in the regular season either. And then they took a five on three, uh, like yeah, almost yeah, immediately yeah. in that game. So very funny stuff. But yeah, no, yeah. The, uh, and, New and the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints tweeted about it. Did you see that? Like tonight? Well, tonight recording this, they tweeted like after the Islanders won. Like, congratulations to the. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, yeah. No, that, that was, that's right. I know they were making fun of Cassidy. And I was like, what did he say? I never really watched the interview he got suspended for. So there we go. Learning live. With so everyone. if, if not I'm not live. mistaken, the two most, uh, so the two best moments of the playoffs so far in terms of, you know, widespread pop, pop culture appeal are uh, Stephen A. Smith admitting he knows nothing about the league and a football team congratulating a different team who got complained by the other coach that they didn't get called for penalties. The NHL is a marketing wizard. Like, you know, just wonderful stuff. I'm surprised they haven't like tripped over themselves, fallen on their face, and missed these opportunities. Um, but they, like they will. I like if the Islanders don't sell New York Saints stuff tomorrow, I like they just missed it. But the NHL like, will probably be like, no, we can't do that. Like, like if anyone thinks the NHL is rigged, Connor McDavid got knocked out in the first round again. Going to the final four are the New York Islanders and the Montreal Canadiens. This is not. <laughs> this, this is, is not, not the plan. This is yeah. not planned. <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah. the, the NHL was literally like, we're gonna have McDavid and Matthews, and then like, <laughs> hopefully Matthews moves on, and they get uh, the Habs, which isn't really the worst case scenario. I mean, like, talk, like market size, the Habs are a fine play for them, better than Winnipeg, but um, yes. yeah, yeah, no, it, it is it, watching the NHL do what the NHL things is just great. Um, but we can get to the big game because I mean, this is the marquee event of the season. It really is. I mean, there hasn't been a bigger game. I mean, many would argue that these are two of, if not the best, um, right up there in the top, you know, three, four teams in the NHL playing against each other. I mean, presumably the winner of this uh, series has a very, very, very good chance of making it to the cup final. Mm-hmm. And Vegas gets the chance at home um, to close it out. You know, don't want to go back to Colorado. Um, they they got the job done in Colorado. Everyone was saying, you know, who's going to win the first one on the road. And it looked like Colorado was going to, you know, take care of business at home. And Vegas bounces back in the third and Mark Stone in overtime. So is there anything you want to talk about from the last game first? Um, but actually, I think there was something you wanted to tell me about before we got into that. Even. Yeah, so. no, I mean, I mean, let's uh, let's hold off on the discussion of that game for just a second. Um, and, you know, we will talk about prize picks for just a second. They are the presenting sponsor of the show. So uh, show us some support. Show them some support. Head on over to prizepicks.com and use promo code MMM to sign up. Uh, for your efforts, you'll get up to $100 in a match deposit bonus. So, you know, it's not like you're just doing something out of the goodness of your heart. You're making some money, uh, too. So what you do over on Prize Picks is you make mixed sport entries. 
I mean, you can't take them all from the NHL, unfortunately, because we only have one game at a time and all that. But you can take, you know, a play from the NHL, sprinkle in some golfers in the PGA, maybe some MLB. We have an MLB uh, Mayo Media Network show that you should be checking out. Um, There's tennis. Uh, I know we've done some French Open tennis stuff, which has been really cool. Um, I've gotten into the tennis DFS scene. So, uh, you know, definitely a lot of fun there. There's the Euros soccer going on. There are literally you could make an entry of up to five uh, selections, one from each sport, like one from a different sport. It's, it's crazy. Like it sounds like so much fun. Um, so make sure you're heading over to prize picks using promo code MMN. When you sign up, uh, when you're looking at the hockey fantasy scores, uh, just remember this, you get three points for a goal, two points for an assist and a half point for a block and a half point for a shot. Uh, the prevailing strategy is to take the guys that you think will take the most shots uh, shots lead to goals, of course, but they also lead to assists. You know, uh, if you, especially in the playoffs, you take a shot on goal, you're usually trying to get through traffic. You're trying to bounce one off the goalie uh, and have someone else bang at home. Like shooters also get assists. So uh, that is sort of the prevailing wisdom going into the prize fix and, you know, uh, in general. So uh, let's cut it off right there. Go to prizefix.com, use promo code MMN, and let's get into things. Yeah, so game six. Um, I mean, do you do you even have the lineup in front of you? Yeah, yeah I have uh, everything. See. So yeah. let's yeah, we'll start it right off with what Colorado did. So if you play oh, no, 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 games, no. The, the money line, the money line. Oh, the money. Line. <laughs> yeah. I, I have yeah. that up as well. It All is right. plus one. It's on the screen. It's on the screen. Yeah, it's on the screen as well. I mean, I'm looking at one fifteen right. for Colorado and minus one thirty five for Vegas at home. So we're I think which is the crazy first time because we're getting yeah. Colorado was minus one fifty at home. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, that's a huge swing. So uh, kind of interesting. Swing. Um, anyway, well, well, yeah, let's, let, I think we should talk a little bit about last game and then get right into this one. So the last game, if you play the two game slate, which is where I was going with this conversation and you got the Carolina news, you know, you got Trocek back and Nino is in all that stuff. And, and you did what I did. I think, Matt, you did this as well and kind of put those guys in there because um, they were very cheap and they afforded you some of uh, the top line guys in Colorado um, ben Colorado took a 180 on us. So the lines that they ran were, um, you know, line one, line two, you know, we'll, we'll say the line one was McKinnon, Rantanen, and Brandon Saad, who did score. We talked about There's... him being on a heater and he scored, I would argue, one of the worst goals a goalie has let in um, ever. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury just swinging a miss <laughs> with the glove as time almost expires in the first period. Line two was Landeskog centering JT Comfer and Valerie Nutushkin. They actually did very, very well as a line together. They did not score. They got scored against, but they actually controlled play pretty well. Um, line three was Yost. Logan O'Connor returned to the lineup and Burakovsky. And line four, who saw almost no minutes, produced um, the other goal for Colorado with Don Scori scoring, being centered by Belmar and Newhook on the wing. Those guys saw about eight minutes of ice time. So, you know, sometimes it's not all about you know, how much ice time it's about how you use it. So uh, yeah, Colorado definitely ran the, the top six to the, to the ground. Um, Vegas, on the other hand, a bit more spread out. Uh, they really rolled three lines, which were exactly what we expected, except yeah, Mark came back in. Um, but with all that being said, it was the uh, Pete Trangelo show. And, you know, I don't think we should take everything from the last game and, and put it in a, a package and, and put it into this one because it will be different. And we've seen the line matching, changing based off who is home. So expecting the stone line to see the McKinnon line again. So 
let's go with all that in mind. And, and we're looking at a showdown slate on DraftKings and some, some betting opportunities to key in on. So with all that being said, off the, off the cuff, yeah. Matt, what changes are you expecting to see? Yeah, I mean, it's really odd to me that in a home game, uh, Nathan McKinnon managed only 19 minutes in a game that did go to yeah. overtime. Um, and, you know, the fact that he's also been so ineffective, like, yeah, Mark Stone's been great, um, but, like, at home, he's been going again, up against March or so mostly. Like, they've been getting him away from Mark Stone, and he's just not producing. So that's sort of the main problem, like, the main question that I have. Um, is, he, is he, you know, he was hurt at the end of the season. Like, was he sort of just ready to go against an inferior St. Louis Blues team, but not 100%? Um, and maybe he's still feeling something. Um, so that's really the main question that I have. So for me, it just feels like Vegas does take care of business. Um, it, it's real tough, you know, especially because they were underdogs for the majority of the series. Now all of a sudden they're minus 135 at home. Like, um, you know, I, I don't know how much I want to swallow that pill, um, but I will tell you what, the over five and a half sounds real enticing. I, I mean, I yeah, know – like, I know the last game didn't quite get there. It was 2-2 two two going into overtime. Um, the expected goals weren't even off the charts either. But I got to say, I mean, the pace in that game, regardless, was still excellent. A lot of shots were blocked. I'm pretty sure every single one of the Vegas defensemen had at least three blocks. Um, like, just insane stuff. Um, and, yeah, maybe that happens again. But I kind of feel like, you know, instead of getting blocked, maybe some of these shots ricochet, you know, into the net. Like, it, it doesn't really feel like the expected goals from that last game really sort of, uh, you know, captures the intensity and the pace and just the general like offensive nature of that game. Um, so I really do like the over here over five and a half, as far as actual personnel changes, I'm kind of expecting them to go back to Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen, um, and just sort of trying to, you know, go best on best and just make do with what they have. I'm really hoping they, you know, play Bowen Byram. We mentioned he was a possibility for game five. Uh, he didn't play, but Nemeth has just got to get out of there. Um, I mean, he only played 12 minutes. They know that he's not a viable option and it's not the Vegas power play that's beating them. It's Vegas, you know, at five on five, that is just kicking their asses. So um, I kind of feel like they'll make a change in that nature. And also, I mean, Newhook should probably just be playing more. I mean, he had the play that set up the non-score goal. Um, so I don't really know how much we can bet on that, though, per se. Um, but that's just sort of what I'm expecting to see myself. Um, you know, maybe Tyson Jost gets a bump down because he's just been not good all series long. Um, but, you know, that, that's really the only thing I have because Nazem Kadri's still out. So Colorado's hurting, and, and I think Vegas takes care of business here. Yeah, it's going to be really, really tough for me to bet either side of this game because I really do think it's a complete toss-up. I like the over a lot more um, than anything else for all the reasons you mentioned. I, I do find it a little bit easier um, if you're playing on DraftKings to make a lineup. I think that it's it's just like you got to get some of those top Colorado guys in, and it's a little bit easier to talk myself into a bit of value on Vegas comparatively. Um, I'm not sure exactly who I'd want to captain. I, I, I kind of want to talk myself into Rantanen just because he's a good bit cheaper than McKinnon. And I don't know if it's that big of a difference, um, but Vegas spread the minutes more. I think that they're matching up 
best on best, like you said, then they're going to control the matchups. So that stole line is going to see a heavy dosing of McKinnon line, which might cannibalize itself a bit, but to what extent um, are you looking to, like we said, we kind of like the over here for the showdown slate. Are you looking to get a goalie in for sure? Or are you considering not playing a goalie? You know, I'm considering not playing a goalie, um, you know, and, and that I think to me is because I am kind of interested in getting the McKinnon Rantanen mini stack. Um, you know, if I had to pick one, I honestly think I would go Rantanen. So on the series, like, yeah, McKinnon has slightly more shot attempts um, and, you know, more shots on goal as well. It's 20 to 15 in shots and 39 to 32 in terms of uh, shot attempts. But Rantanen has more expected goals. He has more goals. And he just simply looks like he's shooting from more dangerous locations. Like the, the power play definitely does sort of suck over toward McKinnon. Uh, we saw Ranton and missed an absolute gift early on. I believe it was toward the end of the first where, I mean, he was trying to do the Marshand where he put his stick, he put his skates together. He put his stick in between his feet and just tried to shovel up backdoor pass in. And it somehow just hopped up on him and hopped past his shin guards. Like, you know, he couldn't catch a break. Um, so, yeah, we've seen Rantanen score in past games, but we also should, should have seen him score in game five, honestly. So I think he gets right. And, you know, with, with that in mind, it's like, am I really going to play McKinnon, Rantanen, and Grubauer and fade all of the good Vegas plays? Probably not. Um, so that's really what I'm thinking. But I think that you that information is useful to leverage in a different way, which is we're seeing Rantanen at plus 170 to score on DraftKings. Yeah. We never see that. So that's probably the most enticing like goal prop. And if you could see him around, you know, three and a half shots, I think that's, you know, a number I would take as well. Yeah. No, I, I think that um, Vegas in, in, in oh, well, let's say Vegas, I mean the books will say, because that's not <laughs> good in this case, yeah. uh, the books in this case, I think they're somehow being very persuaded by the recency bias of the last three games, which, you know, I think three games in, in the playoffs is, is enough of a sample size to glean at least a decent bit from, but to just straight up take it as gospel, which it feels like they're taking at this point because Vegas has been pretty dominant. I, I mean, you have uh, to score on DraftKings, Pacioretty, Marcus, so then McKinnon, then Stone, who doesn't shoot much. I mean, yeah, he scored last game. He's been awesome. Then Rantanen, you know, and Saad just a little bit off of Rantanen. And again, you know, Saad's been on a heater. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say it's insane, but uh, – it is kind of insane to think that Ranton and Sodder this close. Um, I just, I don't buy that recency bias. Uh, and I think that even Landis Gog, if he bumps back up to that top line at plus 235, like, come on, you know, I think this is a, a spot where you should really be checking the lines at, um, you know, depending on your time zone, just to say 20 minutes before, checking, seeing, oh, top line, if Landis Gog's back, jam a little bit of money on that. I mean, that's how you can create that edge all on your own. Um, is there any other prop that you're seeing that you wanted to touch on or just a player in general that you think might be worthwhile? I mean, I know that we're not either of us are fans of, of this guy, but Ryan Graves being the second least likely player to score. I mean, he was second in um, shot attempts in the last game. Uh, I don't think it's, it's a great play. I mean, and, and like we, I know you talked to me about, like I said that stat and you're like, well, three of those attempts came uh, on the last shift of overtime. So, but that plus 1,300 or, you know, I mean, freaking, I don't know. Like, no, no, no. Like, what are you, no, I'm what fine. are you doing? It's Ryan Graves. The guy should be in the AHL. Um, All right. Well, anyway, like, I, I had fun with it. 
like I get it. He, he's going to shoot a lot and whatever, but I don't really think he's a guy that I'm afraid of scoring. So I, I don't really feel the why need. he's like, dead last. Yeah, no, I he's mean, the same as Patrick Nemeth, and like I know Nemeth can shoot too, but like he's not going to play. So, well, I mean, he, he might. I would say it's like fifty fifty that he plays because yeah, Connor Timmons could also come out. Like, well, I mean, even if he like starts, you don't really know. Gonna, yeah. Anyway, you're right. You're 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 accurate there. Um. Yeah, so I think on the only thing we haven't really covered is on the Vegas side. Um, you mentioned the line matching, and you know we sort of projected them to go best on best. Um, Jonathan Marcheseau had a hat trick in this exact same situation. You know, yeah. just just two games ago now um, at home, getting the weaker matchups. I, I think you got to consider Jonathan Marcheseau. Like he's been a very very consistent shooter for them. You know, not just. I mean, obviously you know, the past couple of games, but he's been pretty, pretty good um, all series long, all playoffs long, all season long. Like he's just, you know, he's not quite at the level that the line was when they made the March to the Stanley cup in their inaugural season, but that's because they have an entirely new line that can carry the load. Um, so I think March or so will show up here. I think that this is as good a spot as any, and I can almost guarantee despite the strong recency bias that he presents, people will absolutely be sucked into playing Kel McCarr, Alex Petrangelo, um, you know, even guys like Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore, who I would argue Martinez is a better play straight up than March or so. Um, but, but I think March or so is certainly, you know, might be second in that group for me, just in terms of guys who I think have, you know, double digit uh, medians and still, you know, 30 plus point upside. Like he showed, you know, three I, years I hate ago, to- so. I hate to do this to myself, but do you know what defensive pair saw the majority of minutes against that Marjorie line? Is it the Ryan Graves pair? Yeah, it's Graves and Gerard. And they Ooh. broke their doors in. I mean, <laughs> oh my God. It's like yeah. if you look on hockey viz at the matchup tool, um, it blue would be Vegas and it is oh, yeah. like oh like 82% blue, I'd say maybe even like closer to 90, like just, oh, wow. boy, they, they just buried, I mean, they buried everyone. It looks like they played against, but man, like yeah. that was the D and, <laughs> and, the, and like when McCarr yeah. and Taze were out there, that was like, Oh, like um, Colorado has a chance, but they kind of <laughs> needed to play a little bit more against that. Uh, yeah. That Landis cog line. So, I mean, unless if McCarr and Taves can play 30 minutes, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to so, be really tough and they might do that. I mean, they might put those guys, like, I think that one angle that I was thinking about for this showdown is just getting, at least getting him a car in because I think he's going to play as many minutes as physically possible. Um, like I might yeah, prioritize my, him. My problem with Kel McCarr is that he's not really that active, like on the DFS score sheet. Like it's weird because you think a guy who is so involved offensively just piles up numbers, but he doesn't really do that. I mean, on the year, he only had about two, two and a half shots per game. Um, and, you know, he doesn't even average a block shot per game. So, like for me, Kel McCars, you know, unless you're doing a five one. You know Colorado why he doesn't block onslaught, a lot of shots? I mean, you like, do got me there. Like, he doesn't okay. give up shots. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like, like they don't shoot when he's out there enough. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, he's a big guy. Like he'll block a shot. Like, I don't think he's afraid of it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess if you think that Colorado sort of gets caved in, like that could make sense. Um, because you're right. I mean, they they were like sixty percent yeah, possession. I, team. I think it's a fair I honestly think if if you're taking showdown slates, it's it's worth a chance to do a five v one Colorado just because yeah. like Flurry could do what he did uh, on that one shot against I mean. I, you know, I think if any goalie is susceptible to a meltdown flurry in, in this matchup could happen. Um, 
And I'm okay betting on that. I, I personally in like a showdown type of mentality, not like a gambling on the line mentality, um, just because you're going to get a really unique lineup. I think if you do a 5v1 and it could happen, you know, Colorado one could could catch lightning by just being that good and Florida being that bad. Um, McCarr being on the ice as much as I think he should be, it could work. That, that's just, that's kind of the angle I'm taking here right now. And maybe having Mark so coming back with it. Um, that's, yeah, but I think if I do that, I kind of feel like I might need Grubauer, so it's gonna be really tough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, possible, but I don't know if 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 I'm coming out of this showdown slate with a lineup that doesn't have at least three Vegas Golden Knight defensemen. Um, between yeah. Petrangelo, who's on an absolute heater, Alec Martinez, who's at the blocks bonus, I think every game since the dawn of time, um, you know, and is putting up power play. And you know, if you listen to Tuesday, I gave this whole spiel there too, but. He's playing on the top power play. He's in the shooting role on the top power play. Like if they score goals, he's going to put up points in my opinion. Um, especially empty net situations too. If Colorado's down, like it'll be Martinez and Petrangelo out there trying to protect the lead um, in the third. So there's those two. There's Shea Theodore, who is a, you know, he's an awesome player. He's a great play. Um, he's actually been their shutdown guy tasked with stopping McKinnon. So, you know, the minutes are safe with him. And then you have Braden McNabb and Nick Holden, both guys who seem to be playing, seem to be playing, you know, pretty decent minutes too. And they're very cheap in, in terms of showdown. Like Zach Whitecloud is 4,400, whereas McNabb is only 2,800 and Nick Holden's 2K. Like he's the bare minimum. So it just like, it just seems really straightforward to me that those are the guys that you want to put in first. And then you just fit in, you know, whoever works around that. So that's how I'm playing the showdown slate. I mean, as far as the bets, did you have like one favorite bet you wanted to make? Um, because I think we're pretty much done breaking down this single game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you get, if you get Petrangelo at two and a half, I think that's still pretty safe. Um, it's not, you know, the safest bet of all times, but if you have like two and a half and it's pretty near even money, I think he's way more likely to hit it. I don't know. You're not going to find that on DraftKings. You might be able to find it over on FanDuel. Um, it might How, even be there, though. Like, I don't right. know if you're going to find it. That's the problem. How insane is it that Petrangelo has played 10 minutes on the power play in this series, has three shot attempts, he's played 97 minutes at 5-on-5, five five, has 36 shot attempts. Like, it, it, it every three sense. minutes he's firing a puck toward the net. That is insane. That's insane. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and I think if you find that that odd, it's not going to be priced accordingly. Yeah. Like, I just no, you're it. right, and, and and I think that that would be a really good. One. But one that you're gonna find, I still think is Rantanen. Um, just because I think, yep. like we're kind of saying, like they've been kind of bad lately. But this is a guy that was a lock at two and a half all season long. His odds got super bad because of it, and now they're coming back to earth because of a couple bad games. Like it's Vegas, and I get that, and they have good shutdown guys. Colorado's backs against the wall. I I think he's gonna see 22 plus yeah. minutes of ice time, and he's gonna be firing. Yep. Uh, and, you know, last game he was plus 117 at over three and a half on the road. They, he, he might even get higher than that. He might get yeah, plus 130. Right. And, yeah, I do think that's a great bet to make. I also like him to score at plus 175. You can also shop that around. Yeah, you might get a better line even than what you find on DraftKings. So I think Miko Rantanen's my guy. Um, you know, I do want to go back to Max Pacioretty. I probably won't be able to quit him in showdown myself. Um, but, you know, it, it's definitely for me. I think I'm prioritizing the defenseman here, especially because – they sort of have, you know, 